In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm proud to say it's back, the Jack and Paul show. Apologies for the uh, lack of communication recently. I've simply been setting up a couple of new businesses in London and been super businesses. But I'm here with Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. It's always good to sit down and chat. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, um, the off-season. It's when I see lots of stuff going on. But one thing first, just to have a moment's quiet reflection for uh, Swagger that passed away this week. Um, what a dog. And uh, we'll be sorely missed. We would classically do a one-minute silence, but I think we'd lose so many listeners if we did that. So, um, but yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't have a great relationship with Swagger. I think I never actually met him. So, um, but yeah, obviously it was um, very sad to see the news and uh, it sounds like he passed away very quickly. So, uh, Jack, you're a dog lover. You're thinking about getting a jo- dog, new dog soon. Is that correct? Yeah, so end of this calendar year, I'm going to go over to the, watch the Dallas game first, but then around Christmas time, I'll be getting a French Bulldog. A dog is not just for Christmas, Jack. A dog is for life. No, but Christmas is the perfect time for me to get one because I get, I'll, I'll have a week or so off so I can get used to having a dog and uh, because the dog's coming to work. So uh, tech startup, the dog's allowed to come to work. So uh, it's just the perfect time for me to get one. Actually, this is a great opportunity for me to try and plug my new uh, video business, Bake Bean Media. Does your tech company need any videos done at the moment? We don't, I'm afraid. Oh. So... Uh, it's, it, we don't actually pay for any marketing, really. Um, so, yeah, we, we've already grown to the, the largest uh, beauty and wellness booking platform in the world. Um, and we've basically spent no money on marketing. So, uh, hey, if your product's awesome, people will find you. I like the uh, thing. But just to free plug my company, if you've got a video needed being produced anywhere in the world, I'll be there to produce it. But this podcast is not about baked bean media. It's about the Browns. And I was really interested to read your article that you did for the Dogland on uh, Brown's roster, cap space, cuts and deals. Yeah, so it was just sort of sitting there at the start of the off-season and looking at where's our roster at, how much money um, is in different parts. So one thing I would say, Super Bowl's happened. So any player that is an unrestricted free agent that the Browns, we're talking Joe Schobert, Higgins, it's best to just view those players as full free agents. Now, we've obviously got a couple of months left where we can negotiate with them for anyone else. But in your head, work as them as just pure free agents because that way they're not on your uh, team. More or less every other team can get in there discussing them. So what we're looking at is just players that are contracted to the Browns. Um, And between this article being written and um, over the cap of updated, you've obviously got Ogan Joby gets a pay rise this year because of something called proven performance escalator. 
So where he played over 35% of snaps in the last three years, he then gets a pay rise, so an extra, roughly an extra million. So if you look at over the cap and see their numbers slightly different from what I wrote, that's why. So if we look at where the roster's at now, so top 51 players is what you have to record on the expense of your roster. When this was written, we were at 176 million. Um, so the salary cap is 200 million. Oh, so some... we've got 25 million. Uh, not quite, but we'll, oh. we will get there. So that, that's just the difference between current roster space. So yeah, there's, there's 25 million in there, or 24 if we're going to be exact. Um, the Browns have technically got 57 players signed, um, but we'll increase that to 90 by the time training camp comes around. And Jack, just on that, um, the 25 million gap at the moment, does that factor in our guaranteed draft picks? Nope, we're, we're getting to that. Yeah, oh, sorry, you're, sorry, sorry, you're, sorry. You're racing ahead. So the next thing to look at is cap rollover. We've got 32 million in the savings account, basically. Um, so that's there as well. So you've got 24 million in cap space. You've got 32 million as well in cap rollover. So there's some money there. Um, the next thing to look at is dead cap. So currently we've got 5 million set aside in dead cap. Um, and just looking at sort of the average for playoff teams in, from 2015 to 2018, it was about 9.1% was spent on dead cap. So this season at the moment, we're at 5 million. That's going to rise to about 18 in my projections. But looking at sort of some cuts and sort of the fact that it's a new front office, I predict that to be slightly higher than that. So the dead cap will be coming in and something there. And then the last part is the contracts for draft picks. So at the moment, 8.8 million is um, what we would need to sign all of our draft picks and pay their salary just this year. And we're talking the salary cap amount. Obviously, they'll be signing bonus and other stuff. We're only worried about the cap number for 2020. But as we've seen from our front office, I'm going to predict there's going to be some trading back during the draft. So don't be surprised if that number actually escalates because we might not see that number 10 pick traded back but we're going to see somewhere in the draft i pretty much guarantee it there will be a trade back to either later picks or to a future year you can put that in it put it in pen it's gonna happen sounds like i need a bet here mate i don't think anywhere i've never seen anywhere taking bets on uh trading back in the draft but if you can find it do let me know because i'll put some money on that excellent so can i quickly do some maths in my head Yep. So in my head, we've got 24 left at the moment, plus a, a rollover of 32, which is our savings account, as you always explain it. Yep. Do I have to now take away the dead cap of 5 million? Yep. Okay, so we're around about 50 million at the moment. Uh, take 24. Yep. Take away the... 9 million, I'm rounding up, 8.8 for draft picks. So we've got about 41 that we could go absolutely bananas with if we really needed to. That's the one. And then the next step is to look at who's who's your roster cuts. So I've dug out a few players that I think they're going to get cut this offseason. Cut or traded. So we'll just run through the ones that I think these players are going. So you've got 
Kirksey. Kirksey, if he's cut, is going to save 7.6 million. And lots of Browns fans are saying, no, I really love Christian Kirksey, the person. You can't do that as a fan. If you're interested in getting players that you like, you have an emotional attachment to, accept that you will never see your team win a Super Bowl. You look at how ruthless teams like the Patriots are. If you want to be winning, you've got to be interested in winning. You can't be, I care more about the person. I want these great people. um, And he's been a great servant. Let's pay him 10 million. You can't think like that. So it's really important that fans just stop thinking about who they like emotionally. You've got to take the emotion out of it. Who's going to help you win? And Christian Kirksey, in the last three years, even when he wasn't injured, the play hasn't been good enough. There is one route I see Christian Kirksey being on this team in 2020. That is, he gets cut. He then, we say, look, we're going to cut you because we're not going to pay you 10 million. You go out and you look at the market. Set your price because he's only going to get a one-year prove-it deal due to the injuries. No one's going to give him a multi-year as far as I can see. And then when he sets that value, come back to the team and go, look, Jamie Collins, say, got offered a three million one-year deal for the Patriots, signed it, went back. And if Kirksey goes around, sets the market, I could see him coming back. We match the one-year prove-it deal of whatever he's being offered out there. And he returns to the roster, but there's no way he's playing on a 10 million pound deal when he's probably only going to play a handful of games. TJ Curry. TJ Curry's 6.4 million. Goodbye. Thank you very much. It just hasn't worked out. The next name is Hubbard. Hubbard's going to say 4.9 million, whether he's cut or traded. Um, this is one where I wouldn't be surprised if it, we hold on till later in the season or in the off season, because you always get injuries to tackles around camp. Um, So where we can cut him at any time and it doesn't really matter, it wouldn't surprise me. We wait till camp, make sure, say we draft two offensive tackles and then we have Hubbard and then we have um, Lamb and then we, we just wait and see. And once they get ahead of him, we can then cut and trade him. So he's one that I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually a trade, but don't be shocked if he's not, gone from the roster by the time training camp comes around I'd still expect him to leave any other names there Jack that you want to shout out so the next one's Burnett Um, 3.4 million saved if he's gone Um, on the 20th of March he's got a roster bonus of 625,000 so there's a good chance um, he's probably going to go before that if they're going to get rid of him it all depends and we just don't know on that injury to be fair, if, if that injury hadn't have happened, I think he'd have probably had a really good end of the season. He was having his best game um, of the season when he went down. Um, so that one's injury dependent, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they think the injury is going to ruin him, they just let him go. And then I'll just roll off three other names. Um, Harris, tight end, 2.5 million saved. Taylor, linebacker, 2.5 million saved. Kush, um, interior alignment, 2.1 million saved. So across those seven players, um, you clear them out, the team, that's another 24 mil, uh, sorry, 29.4 million. That is a massive amount of money that you can put into. Maybe you take that seven and you go and you, you move the Kirksey money in to sign Joe Schobert. You then take the rest and you actually, we're going to get three, maybe not starters, but we're going to get solid role players that can have an impact. Um, whether it's a rotational pass rusher, um, 
maybe another offensive tackle, maybe it's another safety like Trey Boston, um, who would be a starter. And you just use it smartly to improve and strengthen the roster. So some quick maths now. We cut them seven players, the 41 plus the 29, and then we're up around 70 million. Yeah, so that takes us to 71.2 million. Uh, if we take off the Okeechobee stuff, it's 70 million um, in space. So that can't just all be spent on free agents. And that obviously includes your cap rollover. So um, you've got to be careful the way you balance it. But no, there's certainly space. And I've gone through some other names that could get moved. And to be fair, I, I remember us two talking last offseason. I said, there's no way the Browns get rid of the number one pass-blocking guard in the NFL. And it happened. So these are names that none of these, I think, will happen. But at the same time, I've listed them just to see what the impact is. You've got Trade Vernon, which is 15.5 million saved. Trade OBJ, which is 14.3 million saved. Trade Landry, which is 10 million saved. Cut Money Mitch, which is 3 million saved. Trade Njoku, which is 1.3 million saved. And then trade Ogan Joby. I'm just going to double check the number because now he's on a different deal. That'd be 2.1 million saved. So um, there's just some different options of, I wouldn't make any of those moves, but to be fair, things in the NFL happen that catch you by surprise. So I've just included them names just so they're in there. Excellent, mate. That's a really good, uh, good piece, mate. And I'm really happy with my maths because I looked at your article and uh, I think I'm nearly spot on with the uh, 70 million. You, you said 71.2 million. Yeah, no. So 70 million, once you include the Ogunjobi, is pretty much uh nail on the head. So uh, no, it, it gives us a position. And there was just two deals I added onto the bottom just to give a rough idea of like, there's that 70 million there, but why I'm saying we can't go ahead and spend all that. Um, and obviously, when you've got, say, the cap rollover, if you spent that 30 million of cap rollover in one year in deals, you've then got no cap rollover the next year. So it, it just disappears overnight, and you've got to make 30 million of caps, more, uh, 30 million of cuts basically the following year. So let's, let's, but, let's look at another one then really quickly, Jack. I'm putting you on the spot here. So let's just put our saving account away. Yep. So that means you're about 35 million, is that correct? So if we put the savings account away, we've got. Basically, 38 million. 38 million. And this is really putting you on the spot. How many players do you reckon that is then we need to sign with that 38? So in terms of that 38, it, it depends what players you're going after. If you go and try sign an Eric Armstead, who um, defensive end coming off uh, losing the Super Bowl, then you're talking about, what, maybe... 15 plus million a year, um, possibly 20. Um, if you're going and signing a trade Boston, you're looking at maybe like 8 million a year. So it's not quite as black as white as this is how many players you get. Players, football is a lot similar to what they earn in what we would call uh, soccer in America. Um, so it, it's just, it, it gives you that space. And obviously, you're talking about Joe Schobert being in there. So potentially Joe Schobert goes and gets 8 million a year, 10 million a year. You signing Kareem Hunt. So you've got to set aside a couple of million there. Um, if you're signing other players, you sign Burris, 
maybe that's two million a year. Uh, you've got to add these players in. So we've got all those Schobert, Burris, Hunt, other players in there, Higgins potentially. These players need paying um, if you want to keep those. And the one thing to do is if your roster's at 51 players, every time you sign someone, obviously you're taking someone out of that 53. And so looking at the bottom of the pile, you're looking at around 600,000 for sort of those base players. So if you go and sign someone for 2 million, you've only really got to add 1.4 million to your cap number because yeah. you're obviously taking one off the list. Got you. All right, mate. And uh, how does that end up with uh, Baker and uh, Garrett? Because you covered this in your article and a lot of fans don't like thinking about this, but how would you sum it up with them two? So just looking at the deal that they're going to be in line for. So if we look at Miles Garrett, um, I would say we're looking at four. I know they're not quite the same position, but defensive line superstars. You're looking at Mac, um, Von Miller, JJ Watt, Aaron Donald. They're all players similar to Miles Garrett in the way that they're studs along the D line. So looking at sort of average per year spend, two point, uh, sorry, 12.3% and 13.3% and a six year deal. So, Using that projected number, you're looking at something like 177 million over six years. So that is going to be a massive amount of money. And where that deal sort of stacks is you've got Miles, last cheap, cheap year is next year. The yep. year after, he's then on his fifth year option, which is you're taking that money from Vernon and that goes straight into Miles. And that basically just continues paying Miles for another year. And then you've talking absolutely crazy money after that. 177 million, six years. That is going to be sucking a lot of money. You're talking about cutting three starting. Well, that one fee could pay three different starting players. So that is going to be something why we need that sort of salary cap rollover left to pay for those guys. And then if we look at Baker, we're looking at sort of the... Um, Goff Wentz deals at the moment, which is 17 and 17.8 um, on a four-year extension. Um, working off the cap number, I was working on 22.7 million. When we get the new CBA, we'll get to see where that number sits. I think it's actually going to be slightly lower, maybe 2020, um, sorry, 220 million. But using those older numbers, Baker, 162 million over four years. So that is going to be a ginormous deal. Um, I think the Browns, if they're really bold, can try and get a deal done for Miles this offseason and get that in, sorted, and sort of balance it over as many years as possible. Will they do that? I don't know. I don't think any deal is going to get done until um, it's either February or March where Miles is sitting down with Roger Goodell to talk about his suspension. I think after that meeting's happened, that's when you sit down, hash out a deal, and try to get it finished. Miles might wait until next season just so he can see sort of the impact of the salary cap rise and the new CBA. But if we can get it done, get that deal signed, get it sorted, and put the money in there. Um, if not, next off season, you're probably going to see both deals done for Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield, which is going to be an incredibly expensive move. And we then start seeing the tearing down of the roster to pay for those two superstars. Can you see us taking only one of them or neither of them on contract extensions to be fair personally 
in sort of the way the Patriots have operated. I question paying that much money to one defensive player. He's because you're always judging a player. It's the value they provide is how much production over the value of their contract they're playing at. So for Miles Garrett to perform over the top of a contract that's paying him potentially 177 million over six years is going to require him to be the defensive MVP of the year, um, that year to prove any sort of value because he, he can obviously one of the best defensive players in the league, but if you're paid like the best defensive player in the league, then it's hard to perform above that level. So that's where it becomes really tough. And obviously if you pay that deal to sort of a miles and then a massive deal to Baker, then that doesn't leave much money for the rest of the roster, especially if you've then got an OBJ who's sort of top of the wide receiver market. Um, you're looking at the most expensive position groups there. You've got left tackle, pass rusher, um, quarterback, wide receiver. And other than left tackle, we could potentially have top of the market on three other positions, which is going to be tough. Um, with Baker, I think we need to see. I said it after the first season. We don't know what Baker Mayfield is yet. Um, there's going to be ups and downs to come. Obviously, people hated the fact of that because they all thought he was going to be MVP last season. Um, and you can see in my mentions that, hey, there, there was lots of people that believe that. You then go to this season and everyone's really down on him. The, the, after the third season, I think that's when we get a really nice picture of what Baker Mayfield's going to be. Um, there'll obviously be some wiggle room after that. But I think this is the year where we really see, is he going to be a top six, top eight quarterback in the NFL? And if he is going to be that, you pay the guy. What you don't do is pay the middle-of-the-road quarterbacks, whether that's your Andy Dalton, your other people like that. If they're going to sort of tailor off to be the middle of the pack, you don't pay them. And the reason why you don't pay them is because you can get more value out of a rookie um, pick. So you do a deal, um, you trade up, you get the quarterback that you want, and then you go again on that cheap rookie deal, and you just keep going. Keep going every four years. That rookie contract, so Baker on a rookie contract allows you to compete for a Super Bowl. Baker on a contract that makes him one of the three top paid quarterbacks maybe in the NFL, if he's only a middle-of-the-road quarterback, won't allow you to compete. So it's finding that thin balance between the middle, and you keep going until you find the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady, the Aaron Rodgers, those elite quarterbacks. And there's only a few of them. You don't pay them. Uh, perfect example, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco on a rookie contract could get his team to the Super Bowl and they won the Super Bowl. They then paid him and then they became irrelevant until they replaced him with a rookie quarterback. So it's that really fine line of good isn't good enough. You've got to have a top six, top eight. Um, and if they're not there, go again and keep, hit, keep going every four years and uh, give it another shot. Excellent. Well, Jack, I really enjoyed reading the article. It's a really nice take on things and it's great to talk to you about it on the podcast. No, thank you very much. It's uh, thedogland.com. It's a website from Jack McCurry, who's been on the podcast a few times, and Anthony Jokey, who do the uh, 1089 Gridiron podcast. Um, great guys. I've got some more um, free agency stuff I'm working on with them. So I've narrowed the list down. I've looked at all the free agents out there, all the unrestricted free agents, and I've narrowed the list to 99 players that intrigue me. 
Um, we're going to keep thinning that list. And I'm looking at everything from your starters, but also your sort of, is this player sort of a fourth, maybe safety, a, a fourth cornerback, a eh? sort of, I, I've looked really deep into the other end. So I want to start predicting and throwing some names out for not the big sexy free agents, them sort of that little bit of sort of rotational quality, say a pass rusher. Um, and so a few little options in there. Oh, excellent. All right, buddy, mate. Well, uh, what's your plans the rest of the day? Uh, I'm actually working today. So I've got to go back to work. Um, I'm just filling in. Uh, now the NFL season's ended. I've got nothing better to do on Sundays. So I've agreed to work for a day at holiday later in the year. So, uh, yeah, I'm back to work. Um, are you watching the X, uh, NFXL, is it, whatever it's called? The XFL, no. Uh, I've heard good stuff. I haven't watched it. Um, I don't know if I will, but hey, good luck to them. Uh, the more football and different routes into the league. And the thing that I'm really excited most about it is, is the, new, the new sort of rules that they're coming up with to improve things. And also, there's a lot more pressure on teams to go for it on fourth down do the the effective stuff that increases the chance of winning because the trouble is you've got the majority if not all of the coaches in the nfl are actively hurting their team's chances of winning by making decisions on fourth down um to punt rather than go for it um and until the coaches get smarter and the trouble is lots of nfl coaches they coach to not look stupid rather than coaching to win um, and coaches, even when they've retired and walked away, have come out and said that before. It's not a, a view that I'm throwing out there as a hot take. They coach to look acceptable rather than coaching to win. And the moment they start coaching to win, I think we're going to see a much better league. All right, cool. All right, buddy. Where can people find your details if they're not following you? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at, at Jack Duffin. That's D U F I N. How about where they can find you, Paul? I know it's Instagram, uh, where loads of fun videos, and obviously Twitter. Yeah, um, today I think I'll try and push my Instagram. It's paulbrown underscore UK. And uh, there will be the launch of Baked Bean Media coming soon. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> <laughs>